Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It's Valentine's Day, knuckleheads. A lot of you out there across the country just thought, uh oh, I hope you have reservations. I hope you got your presence in. I hope you listened to me and got the pro flowers coming. Because they are going to be a lot of dudes scrambling this morning. Nothing worse than being the guy who tries to walk into a restaurant with his girl on Valentine's Day and expects to get a table. And I know that a lot of you are going to be that guy. I've been that guy. Everybody else whose boyfriend or husband actually loves their wife or their girlfriend. Oh, they've got the they've got the Valentine's Day dinner reservation locked up for a month. You're going to be trying to walk into Sizzler, and it ain't going to happen. Trust me on this. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Again, hope everybody's done everything well. You know who should be very happy on Valentine's Day? It's LeBron James. Um, the Cavs won their second game as an underdog on the road against Oklahoma City last night. This is kind of interesting. I just want to hit this off the top. They basically remade the entire roster. They basically, they remade the entire roster on the fly with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and most people who are better at analyzing the X's and O's of basketball than me said, you know what this should do is it should drastically improve the defensive efficiency numbers of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So far through two games, what's really fascinating is the offensive efficiency has surged. The defense has actually gotten not that much different. I mean, it's a little bit better. But the offense is where things have surged. Um, and as a result, the net efficiency of the Cleveland Cavaliers has moved to a positive 
from a negative .6 before the trade. It's a pretty remarkable outcome. Uh, So we have that to uh, discuss in the world of sports. We also have... Sean White, Danny G was coming after me on uh, on Twitter over this Sean White thing. I can barely uh, keep up. Last night I went to the uh, Blues and the Preds game, St. Louis against uh, the Preds. I'm not kidding about this. The Preds were down 3-0 at the end of the second period, and I was like, you know what? I don't know that I need to stay up till 11 o'clock given the fact that uh, I've got an early morning radio show. So I left to drive back home. I got back home, put on the end of the game uh, as I got into bed after I brushed my teeth, everything else. The Preds had tied it up at three, and I put it on just in time to see them score on a shootout goal in overtime. So they were down 3-0 while I was there. Then they score four goals in the space of uh, me not being there. Ends up being one of the best games of the year. I left at the end of the second period. The lesson here, as always, is maybe don't take a bright early morning radio show for your job, Um, but things are rolling here. So uh, that is is par for the course for what exactly is going on lifestyle-wise. But... I thought, let's have some fun. I thought, let's have some fun. Let's open up the phone lines. But also, I want to tell you guys, because it's Valentine's Day, if you listen to this show regularly, you know that I am probably the king of equality. I sit on the iron throne of inclusion. I am the king of tolerance. And right now, we're in a Me Too era, where women are coming out and saying, like, oh, I've been mistreated. It's time for equality. Uh, and a lot of those stories obviously are egregious and wrong, and um, and men deserve to uh, to pay some some price. The Harvey Weinstein's of the world shouldn't be able to get away with their uh, their lifestyles. But what is interesting about the Me Too era is that everybody's all in favor of equality, except when they get things that are more equal already coming to them. And I think that Valentine's Day is maybe the peak unequal holiday in America. There is, I know steak and, uh, you know, whatever day, which I can't say on the radio, is in theory a thing that exists in March. But by and large, Valentine's is just a day where the pressure gets ratcheted up on men and women have almost nothing at stake. This is a day when relationships go into overdrive. You either do a good job of it or you blow it. There's no other equivalent holiday that I can think of that is so unbalanced in terms of the responsibility on men versus the responsibility on women. And so, what I would like for all of our single guy listeners across all 50 states listening to me right now as you start your day, to do tonight when you are out to dinner on Valentine's Day is just play a small prank on your significant other. Now, I don't think it'll work for people who are married because if you're married, your wife already has all your money anyway. There's no doubt about this, right? I I, I check my wallet every now and then. My wife just takes money out of it, doesn't tell me anything. There's literally times when I open my wallet and there's not a dollar in there and my wife has just taken all of the money out because she's going somewhere and she needs cash. So if you're married, this doesn't work because your wife already has all your money. But... If you are single, I want you to go out. I want you to live it up. I want you to order a fine steak. I want you to accompany it with great mixed drinks, maybe some nice nice bottle of wine. I want you to live up the meal. When the check comes, I want you to pick up the check, look at the cost, and then divide it evenly in your mind and say, you got your credit card? I thought we should just split this evenly since we're in an era now 
where women are being unfairly treated, and I want to make sure that we go half and half on our relationship. And I want you to play it up the best you possibly can as if you are serious, just to see how your girlfriend reacts. Because here's the deal. Women have gotten used to now arguing everything should be equal, but they don't want everything to be equal when they actually benefit. And Valentine's Day is the perfect example of this. So I'm telling you that she is not going to react well unless she listens to the show and she knows what's going on. I want you to play it up, and then you can dial it back once you get her a little bit riled up and say, ha-ha, I was just kidding. Just my guy, Clay Travis, you know, that guy that I listen to in the mornings that you hate. He wanted me to play the prank on you to see whether or not you truly wanted to be equal. Is that risky? Maybe just a little bit. But if you have a girlfriend who's going to get really worked up about that, you probably need a new girlfriend. And I bet 95% of men are paying for every single dollar of all of the expenses on Valentine's Day. In fact, I bet the vast majority of you out there have never had a woman take you out to dinner ever in a romantic context. You pay for everything. And women like it that way. And I don't blame them. If we had a society where women had to pay for everything and I just got to eat and drink as much as I want, I would think it was pretty awesome too. But on Valentine's Day, let's have some fun with this. Also, what I want, I'm going to open up the phone lines. I want the worst Valentine's Day story of your life here as we start off Valentine's Day edition of OutKick. I don't want the best one. And then we got married and lived happily ever after. Teehee. No, I don't want that. I want the worst possible experience that you had on Valentine's Day. I want you to share it with it. Guys, share it with us, guys and girls out there. 877-996-6369. The worst experience that you've had on Valentine's Day. What went awry? What you went what went wrong? What you were thinking as it took place? Who has the worst story on Valentine's Day? I want to hear it from everybody out there. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, as millions of you are now every month, first of all, thank you. Secondly, if you are not, make sure that you go in and download the OutKick podcast. You can search it out, OutKick. We have now, by the way, a afternoon show as we have for every year since I started this show on Periscope and Facebook as well, where I react to afternoon stories. Also, we're sharing clips from that. You can go follow the show at OutKick. And you could follow me on Twitter at Clay Travis. But I like to give you a roadmap in hour one of where we are headed today with the show. Later in hour one, we will talk to John Campbell from Odd Shark. My guy will tell us about the Winter Olympics gambling, about the impact of LeBron James's uh, Cavalier team based on the trade in terms of their NBA futures. We'll talk college basketball. Who is the favorite right now to cut the net? It's uh, the Final Four in April. And we will talk uh, a little bit of news when it comes to the NFL. What was the impact, if any, on the futures of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade uh, signing, big-time signing as a free agent, the five-year, $137.5 million contract, the biggest in the history of the NFL that was signed by Jimmy Garoppolo. We will talk to John Campbell. In hour two, we're going to talk to my guy, Lance Taylor. There's actually an interesting game going on tonight. may talk a little bit about it uh, outside of Lance Taylor, but certainly we'll talk about it with him, and I think we'll probably react to it tomorrow. Kentucky and John Calipari are trying to avoid their fourth straight loss as the uh, in, in the SEC. 
and they are going on the road against first place Auburn and Bruce Pearl. What is going to happen in that game and what's gone on with John Calipari? What's up with Kentucky basketball? Uh, we will talk about that with Lance Taylor as well as uh, the Valentine's Day Spectacular. And then everybody's favorite Valentine, Britt McHenry, will be on with us, uh, former ESPN sideline reporter. She had, uh, got into it with a couple of different women who are posing nude in the new SI swimsuit issue. Basically, anybody notice that Sports Illustrated basically only exists now to put out a swimsuit issue? They keep cutting back the number of magazines they have uh, that they're publishing. They have Peter King, I guess, and the part of his site is pretty well read. Otherwise, SI basically now exists only to produce a swimsuit issue. Well, they've got a couple of athletes that pose nude. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Britt McHenry got into a discussion with them about that, and she'll probably come on and throw a few grenades anyway, as she always does. She is on with us in Hour 3. That is the show, the Valentine's Day Spectacular here. Again, opening up the phone lines to you guys, 877-996-6369, the worst Valentine's Day story of your lives. Congrats to LeBron James. He's already got his Valentine's Day present. It appears it's a team that's going to go to the NBA Finals for a 474th consecutive year in LeBron James's career uh, where he will lose to the Golden State Warriors, probably, unless the Houston um, Rockets can really make a run. It's interesting when you look at the NBA futures, the Houston Rockets now are uh, the second most likely team to win the NBA title after uh, the prohibitive favorite of the Golden State Warriors. And by the way, tomorrow we'll talk to my guy Brandon Wright. He was with the Memphis Grizzlies for the past three years. He is headed to the Houston Rockets. He's going to join us weekly down the stretch here of the NBA season. And uh, he will be on with us an hour or two tomorrow to talk about what it's like to go from one of the worst teams in the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies, to one of the best teams in the NBA, the Houston Rockets, and whether or not he believes that the Rockets can get it done and win a championship as well. All that still to come. I appreciate all of you. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're just hearing me and you just had an oh crap moment, as I bet a lot of you did, because February 14th can sneak up on you, especially if you're a knucklehead guy out there, make sure you get a present. The worst stories of your Valentine's Day lives Up next, 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Welcome in to Fox Sports Radio. Most talented woman maybe in America today. Oh, it's so good. So good. Taylor Swift bringing us back on Valentine's Day. Wouldn't you love a bigger tax refund? I don't even want to do the show. I just want to listen to this song. Maybe pull it up a little bit more. It's a good... Here we go. Here we go. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, what a song. What a song. Wouldn't you love a bigger tax refund? Tax Slayer was recently rated. No, no, don't laugh. It's true. Tax Slayer was recently rated number one for maximum refund, so you have more cash to spend on whatever the heck you want. This tax season, go out and slay it. Max your refund at TaxSlayer.com. It's Valentine's Day. We're taking calls. Worst Valentine's Day experience of your life. 877-996-6369. Um, bring in the crew, Jason Martin, Danny G, and Justin. Any of you have awful Valentine's Day experiences? Yeah, I'll go first. So about, it was probably about 10 years ago. 
I was in between radio jobs, and so money wasn't flowing freely the way it is right now. I mean, you're living in a big time yo, now. B- yo, big yeah. time. I'm, I'm on with Clay Travis. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was doing voice work, and that's kind of hit and miss. So I had, you know, there was money, but I had to, every, every guy can relate to this where you kind of have to move the money around. You have to budget exactly. And you're hoping the girl's not going to order the most expensive thing on the menu. Oh, that, it's a horror. That's it's a tough. That's so, a tough spot to it, be. Yes. It's stressful because there's nothing that kills the mood more <laughs> than you being like, "Hey, you can order anything on the menu, baby, except for the good stuff." Oh, you're a human <laughs> calculator the whole time during dinner, like you know, adding each thing up in your in your head. So it started off bad, though. I, she's smoking hot, by the way. This girl that I was dating. I pick her up. I lived in Ventura County at the time. I made reservations at a nice restaurant on State Street in Santa Barbara, which, you know, has some some schwanky restaurants. So I pick her up and it starts bad. The first thing she says is, what are you wearing? <laughs> and uh, I because I didn't have money to go buy a brand new outfit. So I was dressed a little too casual. And, it, and definitely it felt that way when I get her to the restaurant. It's super nice. She's dressed up real nice. I look like. You know, I'm going to a baseball game probably uh, compared to her. So we're in there and now. I'm doing the math with everything that's being ordered. I barely make it out of the restaurant alive with my wallet intact. We get There's this nice stretch of the 101 freeway between Santa Barbara and Ventura where it's just ocean. So we're driving along. I'm still stressed from the dinner bill. And all of a sudden, I see sirens behind me. And I'm like, no. So I get pulled over. And we're sitting there, and the cop's just giving me, you know, third degree. He pulled me over because I had old tags. Well, I didn't renew the tags because money was so tight. We, we get back on the road finally, and she starts grilling me. Why, why haven't you paid your tags? So I'm just feeling like the biggest loser ever. Um, I get her home to where she lives in Simi Valley, California. And I swear to God, I think she just felt bad for me because she made my pain go away, if you know what I'm saying. But yes. it definitely was not the best uh, Valentine's Day ever. It, it was the kind of Valentine's Day that made me want to work an eighth day of the week if that was possible. No doubt at all. All three of you are single. Do all three of you have Valentine's Day related plans? I'm going out with somebody tomorrow. N- nothing today. All right, tomorrow. Any either of the two of you have Valentine's Day plans? So I'm going to celebrate with my girlfriend on Sunday. Um, I uh, what about you, Justin? Nope. Yeah, not surprised. Um, so uh, I uh, I'm going out with uh, Vanderbilt baseball coach Tim Corbin and his wife. Not just me and them. Uh, my wife too. It's going to be really romantic. Um, let's go to your calls. Find the uh, worst Valentine's Day stories of your life. Let's go to uh, West Coast Mike. What's up, West Coast Mike? Hey, man, I'm in a predicament. Like, I think I'm about to have, it could possibly be the worst outside of my life. Uh, I'm a florist, so I, I've taken, like, hella orders for uh, for these single guys, right? And uh, Oh, yeah, you're making lots of plays. man. I, for, I forgot my girl. Like, I, I mean, time just flew. Like, oh, crap. I really didn't get her flowers or anything. But I'm you on my work way at a, hold on. You work at a, a floor, I'm, I'm, uh, floral deliverist, and you're aware, obviously, of Valentine's grandpa, Day. Me, me and my grandpa, yeah, me and my grandpa, we grow flowers, and I, uh, my girlfriend doesn't really like flowers, but I listened to the mighty Clay Travis who said, even if your girlfriend says they don't like flowers. but So I'm going to the house right now, and she leaves like in, let's say, like four, 40 minutes because uh, 
she's a nurse. She's got to wake up, and I got to beat her and hide this in her car so she can see it. So, so what are you I, hiding? What are you hiding in? Her, what are you hiding in her car? Well, I got a couple of roses, a card, and uh, I got to be honest, I don't have chocolate. I don't know if that's if that's a problem, but yeah, you know what? I think. I think chocolate's a good move all the time unless you have a girl who's constantly worried about her weight. And I don't mean like a girl who's fakely constantly worried about her weight. I mean one who's obsessing. Uh, so uh, she, she, she likes to work out. She goes to the gym all the time. And she doesn't really like candy. And, like, it's weird. I've never met a girl that doesn't like candy, period. It's kind of weird. So well, you, do, you work at – it's 3.25 a.m. on the West Coast right now. So what time are you usually in bed? Well, it's like I grow the flowers, right? So I make my own bouquets. And, like, this week, this past freaking week, I've got so many orders. I'm small uh, time, you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of like you. I'm a grinder. So, so you've uh, just been working yeah. on – like, you literally have been working all night, and now you're trying to beat your girlfriend to her house now because she wakes up early in the morning to go to uh, to work yeah. at the hospital. Yeah, exactly. And she's gonna, and I want to leave it in her car. That way she sees it. But it might blow up in my face because I might not make it. It might be late. Oh, no, I don't know. Clay Travis, help me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Uh, West Coast Mike uh, trying fan. to make a play. Good luck. 325 in the morning. A, let's, make, let's make a play. Let's score a touchdown here. We need it. Oh. You definitely, yeah, definitely need it. Uh, Jesse in Houston. What's up, Jesse? Hey, what's up, Clay? What's up, man? How so, are you? I pretty much probably – I'm good. I, I think I got the worst Valentine story. All right, hit, hit me so with about it. Ten, so about 10 years ago uh, – you know, I was kind of didn't have that much money, so I bought like this ridiculous uh, Valentine's gift uh, card from Walmart, some roses and a balloon. So I took it to my wife, but I had a secret, uh, like a watch, you know, as the as the last gift. And when she seen me with that uh, lame gift, she basically popped the balloon and ripped the roses because she expected something better. So one thing led to the other, and we got to the kitchen. We were arguing back and forward, and I don't know why, for some reason, I grabbed the little knife that I had bought from my infomercial, the ones that to cut through like a hammer, and basically I got stabbed with that right in the chest. This is an unbelievable story. You got stabbed on Valentine's Day? Yeah. Did you and call for like, like many years? I hated Valentine's Day. I, did you so call the cops? I, are you I, still I, with the same? Are you still with the same woman? Yes. You stayed yes. together after you got stabbed. <laughs> Did you get yeah, stabbed no, on no. the heart side or the not heart side? No, the right or the I, left? I got, I got right in the middle. And <laughs> right the chest, the, like in the sternum. How deep did the stab wound go? Maybe about one inch. Did you still so give her the watch? Well, that's. A, I think I gave her the watch before. I was pissed off. I was like, what the hell is your problem? Oh, you know? she was mad even after she got the watch. I got mad. I took it to the kitchen. We were arguing back and forth. I can't believe you popped the damn balloon. You tore the roses. What the hell is your problem? You know, I got you this. This is the last gift, you know. It's a surprise. So, basically, after she stabbed me right there, well, actually, I put the knife towards me, like, and she actually pushed it in. And it went in about one inch, and I like, I felt a lot of blood, like real black, dark blood coming out. You thought so you were going to die. Yeah. So I basically, I, I knew I was okay. I should have gone like an Oscar or something because I crawled all the way to the front door. Oh, like, you know, I'm dying and shit, you know? Sorry. And, this is uh, an unbelievable story, and you're still together? Yeah, we're still together. Almost 20 years, I- probably. 
how would you say the relationship has been since? Have you been stabbed again? Nah, no, nah, no more. We stopped playing. What about shot? Damn nice. Nah. What do you think she would do to you if you cheated on her and she found out about it? Oh my god, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but the thing is, after she seen me in the floor, she say, "Get your ass up," you know. <laughs> did you make yeah, out? Did right, you have nah. sex? Did you have that sex that night after no, she stabbed you? Yeah, we did. But I had to go to the local Walgreens. And and look to something to heal my wound because I was like, what the heck do I put on? And one of the pharmacists was there. It was late at night already. She's like, what's wrong? And I like, I need to take care of this. She's like, oh my god, what happened to you? I like, I got stabbed with some guys outside. You blamed guys for stabbing like, you because you couldn't say it was your girlfriend. This is an unbelievable exactly. story. Exactly, Jesse. I'm not an expert in relationships, but I think if a woman stabs you, you probably shouldn't stay with her. But I'm glad you're uh, glad you're still alive. All right, let's go to uh, romantic. Dan. Romantic. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, it seems like such a ridiculous story to make up that it might be true. Let's See, go women to... like that are passionate. Y- yeah, I'm sure the sex was pretty intense, but he could have killed himself. Um, his heart could have exploded. Let's go to uh, Dan in Chicago. What's up, Dan? Hello? Yeah, we got you. What's up, Dan? All right. Yeah, so uh, so my Valentine's Day, uh, my worst Valentine's Day story uh probably about six years ago now but i'd uh, i'd gone on a few dates with this girl before and then we ended up going out for dinner uh for valentine's day for probably our third or fourth date and i went to this italian restaurant and uh i got some chicken dish she got some pasta thing and you know the date was going really well i picked up at her place beforehand and everything was going well we got our food and we started eating and then uh she started having an allergic reaction to the food uh and i didn't really know what was going on because i'd only known her for a couple weeks at that point and uh, she pulled out her EpiPen and had to stab it into herself to, to uh, get some relief from that. And then uh, we, I ended up having to rush her to the hospital because of it. Uh, so we got to the hospital, and she told me that, you know, I had to call her parents, who I hadn't met before. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so I had to call her parents and uh, tell them what was going on, explain, you know, your daughter's in the hospital, and I'm this new guy that you've never met before. And uh, so, yeah, so they had to uh, come up to the hospital. So that's how I met her parents. So that was uh, that was. How long did the awkward. relationship go on? Oh, not very long after that. This Maybe, actually uh, sounds a lot worse. <laughs> this actually sounds a lot worse for the girl. Actually, I'm thinking like I'm assuming she was dressed up nice oh, on absolutely. Valentine's Day. You have to. Well, you just had a guy who said he got stabbed on Valentine's Day. She had to stab herself with the epipen. To what did she get? What did she have an allergic reaction to? Pasta? You said she was eating. It was the yeah. There was pine nuts or, or some kind of nuts in the pasta that I guess she didn't think about beforehand, or are they? I don't remember if she she's probably nervous not to put them in or something. Yeah, she's but, probably nervous yeah. too because Valentine's and like you're yeah. out at a nice restaurant, and then she starts to have an allergic reaction to her pasta, and so she has to stab yeah. herself, and then you have to drive her to the. How long did you stay at the hospital? Uh, I stayed there for a few hours with their parents there. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> oh want to just you know their parents were there, so I didn't want to just say you know I'm going to leave now. Because I don't, I don't want to be that guy. So I, I stayed there for, I don't know, we went to dinner at 7. I probably didn't leave until at least midnight. So it was probably four hours or something. How were the parents? Did you guys have, did you have to talk to them for a long time? Like, what did you guys talk about? Uh, they were, yeah, I mean, they, they were they were pretty uh, upset at first because they didn't really know exactly what was going on. And then they kind of came around on it and realized that, you know, I'd, I'd kind of taken care of her and brought her to the hospital. So they were, they were, you know, more understanding, but it was tough because they didn't know me at all beforehand. No, that's incredibly weird. So how much longer did you date after that? 
Uh, about a month or two, I'd say. Not not very long after. How do you how do you pay the bill when your date is about to die and go into anaphylactic shock at the table because of a peanut allergy? <laughs> did you get a discount on the bill, Actually, or did you have to pay the whole thing? I didn't even I, I didn't actually even think about that kind of until well. I don't even know if I thought about it then. I, ne- I never actually went back to pay it, so we, we just kind of left. Oh, you so, just I, skipped the out on the bill. Came over. Well, I guess. I mean, the waiter came over and, and, and kind of realized what was happening, and, and uh, you know, she, she was saying, you know, I have to go to the hospital. So I, I was like, okay, so we left, and, I, and they didn't really say anything about it, and then I, I never really thought about it that night, and I left out so late from the hospital. I, I They were probably closed at that point or closing down, so I, I never thought about going back to pay it. Uh, that is outstanding. All right, we'll continue to take your calls. Thanks for the call, Dan in Chicago, 877-996-6369. Let me bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, and also you guys can go ahead and call John Campbell. We'll see if he has any awful Valentine's Day stories. And then we'll go to your calls uh, at the end of this segment or the beginning of next segment, 877-996-6369. Also, do you believe the guy got stabbed? Seems like a weird story Jesse in Houston would make up, but uh, also seems like a crazy way to uh, – roll into Valentine's getting stabbed by your uh, girlfriend because she wasn't happy about the present and still being together for 20 years. Uh, you know, romance, baby. Uh, all right, uh, Eddie Garcia, what's up, my man? Hey, let's, uh, Clay, let's check in on the games of note from last night in the NBA. And the Cavaliers are now 2-0 and since making that big trade at the deadline where they brought in the four new players. And they've won both the games against good teams on the road. First, it was Boston. Last night, it was a 120-112 win in Oklahoma City over the Thunder. LeBron James, 37 points in the win. And the new four players, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., Rodney Hood, all combined for 48 points in that win. Rockets won their ninth in a row, topping the Timberwolves, 126-108. Raptors over the Heat, 115-112. Toronto now 40-16 and on the year. They're the top team in the East. Nuggets beat the Spurs, 117-109. Nikola Jokic for Denver had a triple double 23 points 13 rebounds and 11 assists college basketball the new number one team in the land virginia knocks off miami 59 to 50 number two michigan state rolled over minnesota 87 57 and a battle of ranked teams number seven texas tech beat number 23 oklahoma 88 78 this report's brought to you by true car online car shopping can be confusing but not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience and clay the big headline at the winter olympics in south korea on tuesday was sean white Winning gold in the men's halfpipe, he became the first American man to win gold in three separate Winter Olympics. Speed skater Bonnie Blair, the only other American to do it. White's gold medal was also the 100th gold medal for the United States in the Winter Olympics. Good stuff, as always. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm Clay Travis. You know what? Let's go ahead and take a break here, and then we'll have John Campbell and more of your calls on the flip side here. Final segment of Hour 1. And then in Hour 2, we're going to be joined by Lance Taylor. Hour 3, Britt McHenry. Happy Valentine's Day. Don't screw up. Make sure that you don't get stabbed and or nearly kill your girlfriend because she orders the wrong dish at dinner and you have to go to the hospital with her your calls 877-996-6369 and john campbell on the flip side when we come back here on fox sports radio more taylor swift for you on valentine's day don't screw up make sure you got presents car shopping can be confusing we're taking your worst calls ever with terms like dealer price and list price and invoice true car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Bring in John Campbell from Odd Shark right now. Uh, John Campbell, are the Cavs the greatest team in the history of team sports now because of the trades they made? <laughs> 
I don't know about that. Uh, their odds didn't even really move that much, but on the day, the trade deadline day, they were going up and down like an elevator. They were as high at, at 12 to 1 to win the NBA championship, and now they're back down to 6 to 1. So they're even money to win the Eastern Conference, and they're looking good through a couple games here. Have you had awful Valentine's Day experiences in your life? Well, I remember one, I think I was in grade three, where our teacher uh, gave the girls a love potion and told them it would fall madly in love with their crush in the class, and the girls ended up chasing me around the playground for an hour. I was running for my life, so when uh, when I thought back to Valentine's Day, that was the one that kind of stuck out. Uh, at least you were a stud, third grade player. Um, all the girls wanted you. All right, there's a couple of uh, fascinating stories. And by the way, we're going to get to your calls uh, for your worst Valentine's Day experiences of your life uh, when we uh, when we finish here with John Campbell. But I love this story. Obviously, I was in the Supreme Court watching the argument for the state of New Jersey against uh, PASPA in the United States on whether or not individual states could decide to legalize sports gambling. And in a incredible irony, there are now odds where you can gamble online on whether or not the law is going to be overturned, which is like looking into the through, going through the looking glass here. You can gamble on whether or not sports gambling is going to be legally allowed in the United States. Uh, and right now, there's a minus 130 that it's going to be overturned and that every individual state will be able to uh, to make a decision. Also, this is kind of uh, soon. I, I didn't realize it was going to be this fast. March 5th now favored to be the date that the Supreme Court is going to hand down the ruling uh, at even money. What do you think is going to happen in this case? And for people out there, what does minus 130 mean? Well, minus 130 means that you have to risk $130 to win 100. So the standard line is minus 110, 110 to win 100. So it's not too much more than that. So Yes is now favored, and uh, and that's a little bit unexpected uh, just looking at the way this case has gone all along. I don't think many people expected yes to be favored at this point in things, and I think that does surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people were expecting the summer to be when, when this decision came, but it's looking like it's either going to be March or April. April 2nd is the second favorite at plus 150 there. I don't think, I think this is a lot of hype that has pushed this to yes. I actually think they might come down and say no. I know a lot of people want it to be yes, but I don't see how legally they can overturn this one. Uh, but I do think it will ultimately lead to legislation that will change the law here. Yeah, I love yes here. Uh, I was there in person. I think it's going to be a 6-3 to three decision giving New Jersey the right to allow sports gambling. So if you want to play... This line, I love minus 130. What is that on percentage basis? Like 60% that they think it's going to be overturned? Is that roughly? Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Okay, a couple of other things that I think are uh, interesting. The NBA All-Star Game is not this weekend, but or it is this weekend, right? All the days run together. It's this weekend, (laughs) and I've made money because you just basically bet the over blindly in the NBA All-Star Game because nobody plays defense. But this year... They have actually gone out and drafted the two teams themselves. Is that going to change the way you play this game? 
I think so, yeah, and, and you're right. Five of the last six All-Star games have played over, and the last three years we've seen we've seen the, high, the three highest-scoring uh, All-Star games that we've ever seen. So I think this year might be a good year to kind of look under where a, a total might be set pretty high here. And uh, with this new format, it's designed to be to make the game a little bit more competitive. And if they set this total too high in the 340, something like that, I think uh, I'll be looking under in this one. Um, the Winter Olympics are going on. Sean White obviously wins the uh, gold medal last night in the half pipe uh, doing his snowboarding uh, tricks. So how much gambling is actually going on with the Winter Olympics? Is this something that people are really kind of jumping into and wagering substantial amounts on, or is it more for show than for actual substance? Yeah, it's it's more for show. I actually polled my Twitter followers on this one, and 85% of them said they are not betting on the Olympics. But I don't know how uh, you can watch the Olympics if you're not betting on it. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's more for show. It, I, it will pick up when hockey starts here, which it starts today. USA plays this morning, and uh, I think we'll see more betting on that. But typically, it, it, there are a lot of odds and offerings out there. People just don't bet on it very much. We're talking to John Campbell. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark on uh, on Twitter. There, you can also read him at Oddshark and watch his videos at oddshark.com. Uh, okay, what about the uh, what about the college basketball national title odds? Um, there, are, you know, UVA, Villanova, Michigan State seem probably to be the top three teams. I would say right now, but it also seems to be insanely wide open. Is that just my feeling, or is it also reflected in the odds market? Uh, no, it, it is reflected in the odds market, and, and I really don't remember this much of a logjam and, and also this much value on the futures board this late in the season. Right now, Xavier is projected to be uh, a number one seed, and they're 22-1, to one, which wow. uh, just blows me away a little bit. I think that's one that you absolutely have to take. That's one I've taken. There are a few more out there. West Virginia is 25-1. to one. They're a team that's been overlooked because they had a rough stretch in, in January, but they're coming on. Ohio State leading the Big Ten, they're forty to one. It, wow! To me, that, yeah, that's that's another surprise. And and uh, Auburn at the top of the SEC, they're fifty to one. So there's a I, there's a lot of value out there in uh, in college hoops this year. It, you do your homework, and, and uh, you can make some money for sure. Um, what about so? It's uh, golf is starting to get a little bit more attention. It's still a little bit away. I, I don't ever really feel like it's master. It's officially spring until the master starts. But Tiger Woods is coming back. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. He's at five to one to win a major this year, which is uh, which is kind of uh, amazing. And he's minus one forty to make the cut this week. Is Tiger back? <laughs> which is a question people have been he... asking for a decade now. <laughs> exactly. That's the answer to the question. I mean, uh, no, I don't think he's back. I think the odds for him to win a major at five to one are just insane. And uh, Tiger's just one of those players or teams that people bet on him no matter what because they're cheering for him so hard. And and he's only between twenty and twenty-five to one to win every to win each of the majors this year. And I think that's crazy too. I you won't find me betting on Tiger until he wins here. I need to see it to believe it. Outstanding stuff as always. Appreciate uh, the time, my man, John Campbell. Go follow him at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. Happy Valentine's Day, my man. Thanks, guys. Same to you. Make Cupid in the, in the gambling gods treat you well. Let's go to some of your calls here. Worst Valentine's Day experiences. Who should I go to first, Jason Martin, here before we go to break? Just go to Paul and Fargo. All right, if I don't get to you, hang with us. We'll get to you at the top of uh, of hour two. Paul and Fargo, what's up? Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, Clay. How are you? So 
I've been dating this girl for about a year. And, and real quick, let me just preface this by saying that over the previous holidays, both her and I had friends that had gotten engaged. So we did talk about our thoughts and engagement. And she had just started law school. I was in the process of selling my business while I was in the middle of a career change. So we both agreed that although we had been together for a year and that we were serious, that we were not wanting to get engaged anytime soon. So anyway, take her out to a nice restaurant, have a nice dinner. After the dinner, I give her a small box for Valentine's Day gift, which was uh, just some small diamond earrings. She gets excited, opens the box, sees the earrings, sees that it's not an engagement ring, and just starts bawling right in front of everyone. I just slumped in my chair, and of course, I do a check, please, to our waiter. The check took what seemed like an hour to get to us. Everyone in the restaurant staring at us. They have no idea what I did to this poor girl to get her just to start crying. And we left, and that was probably the worst Valentine's Day I've ever had. Are you still together? No, this was uh, late 90s. I was about 27. She was 23. I'm now 47. I've been married happily for six years. So, no, this is about 20 years ago. So, you're 40. You didn't get married till you were 41? I, very correct. I got kind of a late start on life. I got married at 41, uh, had a daughter at 45. We have a beautiful two year old daughter together. And, yep, very happy. And uh, I, I think it's the best decision I ever made, seriously. Yeah, thanks for the call. I'm telling everybody out there, every guy, don't get married until you're at least 30. Shouldn't do it. Just don't do it. Uh, let's go to Carl in Massachusetts. What's up, Carl? Good morning. Um, the worst Valentine's Day happened. Uh, my wife and I have been uh, married, uh, I think, almost nine years. Uh, but uh, she was eight months pregnant. Uh, I had worked late. We were supposed to go out to eat. We had three kids. We had farmed them off to the grandparents. So we're going to go out to eat. And the reservations got blown. So when I got home, I said, well, let me go get some Chinese. We'll sit, have a quiet night together, no kids. I go out, and this is before cell phones because it was back in 1990. Um, car breaks down on the way home. Oh, no. no cell phone to call. I'm late. She doesn't know what's going on. She's worried. I had to walk away before I could get uh, anything, uh, get a ride home. I get home, the food's cold, and with all the worrying, she ended up going into labor. Oh, my God. So now, off to the hospital. I all right, pause the there. I pause there. Do. When a woman goes yeah. into labor, we, you're going to be the lead in to start hour two. So my guy here, Carl in Massachusetts, blows Valentine's Day, blows through the reservations, got an eight-month pregnant wife, already got three kids, so she hates him, shows up late, uh, then car breaks down, wife is now pregnant, eight months pregnant, what's going to happen? That's a tease on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, visit geico.com for a free rate quote as we went to break. Paul in Fargo said his wife had just gone into labor with their fourth kid on Valentine's Day. When you have multiple kids, a lot of times when you go to like number two, number three, number four, and so on, baby can come really fast. He got a uh, he got a car broke down on him, missed his Valentine's Day dinner. Carl, what happened? Well. At this point, uh, she's been worried about me and that, so I get home, I'm going to set things out, and all of a sudden she starts with these labor pains. And at that point, she's about a month early. And so now i got to call an ambulance, get us, get us off to the hospital. Um, 
and they didn't know what was happening. They're going to prep her for having the baby, and then all of a sudden, all the labor stops. And now they're going to keep her in the hospital. They, I think they kept her for two days after that. So I ended up on top of everything else, missing two days of work because back then you didn't get paid for being out. Yep. Uh, unless you use sick time. And I didn't, I wanted to save the sick time for when the baby came so I could have a little extra time at home. And then I had a, I got the, not stuck with, but then I had to take care of the kids. Once I get home, I had to get the car fixed. She's up to the hospital. I can't go up to see her. It was just, just unbelievable. And then she finally had the baby a month later and, uh, things are fine, but we've been married now 37 years. How many kids did you end up with? Um, or was that it? Uh, no, I have 11 kids total. 11? Yes. How many from the same woman? All of them. Your wife had 11 kids? What's the uh, age range? Uh, 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 they go from 22 to 35. You had 11 kids uh, in 13 years? Uh, uh, no, no. Actually, uh, I'll qualify it a little better. We adopted seven children. Okay, so you had four. I was going to say, if your wife had 11 yeah. kids in 13 years, you must have a pioneer farm. Um, well, everybody right. healthy and happy. Thanks for the call, uh, Carl, yeah, in, uh, good. Carl in Massachusetts. Wow, 11 kids. Adopt seven. Doesn't matter. You got a lot of kids to take care of. More power to Carl. Frank in uh, Texas. Yeah, that would be the five-letter word, T-E-X-A-S. Yeah, well, I said Frank in Texas because I'm not updated, so I'm not 100% sure he's still there. I'm still here, man. Yeah, thanks for waiting. Yeah, no problem. Hey, listen, yeah, I was the idiot Viking dater at the worst dates. Uh, Number one, you're correct. Wait till you're 30 to get married. Uh, My worst date um, of Valentine's, uh, picked up a girl, beautiful uh, got her out to the truck, had her open the door for her. Uh, she steps up to the, I open the door, she steps up, has a seat. Uh, I'm in such an eager hurry to get out of there, I, I slam the door shut as she's stepping up, and uh, I walk around the front of the truck. I get into the truck, I notice she's bent forward in the front seat with her hand stuck in the door opening as I slam the door shut. Oh. The finger. oh. Yeah. So what? How bad was she injured? Oh uh, well, well she had four broken fingers. And, oh, uh, yeah, bro- four broken <laughs> fingers. Was it on the the dominant hand or the non-dominant hand? <laughs> Dude, it didn't matter, man. I never found out. So you uh, took. <laughs> I never found out. Good. So you had to take her to uh, the hospital with the four broken fingers. No, are you kidding me? I mean, her. I mean, I was young, man. Her dad was there. Okay. Uh, I was lucky I got out of there with my life, okay? That was How old were you? I was 18, man. I was I mean, I was an idiot. Did you ever f- see her again? Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm from Texas. You do that to someone's daughter? I I was lucky to get out of there with my life. Man, that's awful. I feel bad thanks for the call. I feel bad for the girls in a lot of these stories. Guys calling in with like awful stories. Well, my wife she went into labor, and she had to spend two days in the hospital. That kind of sucks. I broke a girl's four fingers. Girl got girl. These are all, like, worst stories for women. Uh, guy says, oh, you know, we started to eat dinner. My wife, uh, The girlfriend had a uh, had a, uh, uh, allergy attack. I had to take her to the hospital. 
These are like the worst things that a woman could think of to happen to her on Valentine's Day. It sucks to be the guy, too, but it sucks to be the person having the crap happen to you. Jim in York, Pennsylvania. Jim, what's up? Hey, Clay. Good morning, sir. So here, here's my situation. I'm a 20-year-old kid living out on Long Island making literally, I think it was $19,000 a year, maybe change. I get a date with a penthouse centerfold, three years older than me. A legit penthouse centerfold? February 86, yes, sir. February 86. So, all right, how do you get the date with the penthouse centerfold? All right, so I was working a trade show with her. We were, uh, I was with a company uh, that, that we did publishing for magazines, of which penthouse was one of, so she was there. Hold on. I, I got to get more info about this. You're at, a, you're at a company event with a penthouse centerfold. What kind of magazines did your company publish? Well, it, it, whatever, man. We did, we did a bunch of porn, but we did time and people and everything else. That's a big range. It was a big range, absolutely. But she was, she was the draw to sign autographs at this trade show. And I, I was the lackey that fetched her whatever she needed and was wide-eyed and the whole bit. And she ended up asking me out, actually. So you were 19, this girl is 22, and she is... Do they have centerfolds in Penthouse? Like, what exactly was, uh, like, her... She's on the cover of the magazine? Co- cover and centerfold, yeah. You can, you can look at the pictorial, yeah. Yeah, okay, so 1986. Uh, yep. I, I could think of lots of things uh, that I could ask about the 1986 photos, but I will not because uh, <laughs> because we're I, I don't want to get an FCC violation. So you're 19, you get an interview with a you get a, a, a date with a penthouse uh, centerfold who's 22, uh, and so right. is it Valentine's Day? It, it, it wasn't Valentine's Day. It was right before Valentine's Day, actually. Okay. And uh, and she she lives in Manhattan, and uh-huh. I, I live out on Long Island, and I'm literally making under twenty thousand dollars a year. I'm I'm on cloud nine. I go in to meet her for dinner. And uh, because it was close to Valentine's Day, they had all, of, co- of course, all of the, 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 the prices jacked up, even a little bit more than normal for Manhattan and everything else. Yes. We go, we go to dinner. We go to dinner. And I'm not about to say no to her. You know, I'm not, I'm not that stupid. I'm looking to, looking to get the payoff. Yeah. So the, the combo dinner, the drinks, the whole bit, I get the bill. And with tip, it's going to be close to $300. $300 I, I, in 1986. Well, this was about eighty, about eighty nine or so. This took place. She was all right. Eighty six. All right. So in nineteen eighty nine, still, it's even more money in nineteen eighty nine than it is now. And three hundred dollars a lot to pay for a meal now. But in nineteen eighty nine, when you're making nineteen thousand dollars a year, like that's an insane amount. All right. So you get a bill for three hundred bucks. It was insane. And then on top of it, I didn't have the credit to cover between me and you. And I, I had some cash and didn't know how I was getting home. So I ended up maxing out my credit card and really scrounging every pocket, every penny in my pocket, to try to give the waiter even a decent tip because it was. Uh, but that, that that sticker shock when I got the price tag or got the bill, you know, what, what was something to be to behold. So anyway, that that that's how that went down. Oh, so what happened afterwards? Did she sleep with you? Well, um, that night. No, that night I went home. We dated for about a year after that, and then uh, and then it went a separate way. What's it like to date a penthouse centerfold? It, well, you know what's funny? It's amazing how many how many people want to be a friend all of a sudden, especially in the business world. I had yeah. CEOs ask me over for dinner and the whole bit. You know, it, it, all of a sudden it became somebody. So it was it was all right, but um, at the same time, she was an aspiring model in Manhattan. So her yeah, of her course she was probably an was actress a little more too. More than my nineteen thousand dollars a year salary. Oh, here she is on the cover. I mean, she's pretty good looking. Uh, the guys in the crew can find her. Penthouse magazine, February nineteen eighty six. Yeah, she's pretty cute. Uh, so what happened? What happened? Why did the relationship end? Uh, honestly, um, without trying to be too disparaging, she, she pretty much was a materialistic bitch. And after a while... No even, way. Uh, 
Noah, you're he, telling he, me he, the girl who posed for Penthouse wasn't a uh, wasn't a uh, great great woman? No, and, and I, actually, I ended up I ended up kind of just blowing her off to the point. My mom actually liked her. My mom was like, "You can't you can't do that to her. You got to call her and the whole bit." But uh, yeah, we went our separate ways. And the funny part about it was a few years later, um, my brother calls me up and he's watching. You know, back in the day, there was a softcore Playboy channel. Oh, and back in like, the day, of course there was. Yeah. Right, so so he calls me up. He's like, "Isn't that your ex girlfriend on Playboy Channel right now?" And she always had a big mole in the back of her of her back, but she had she had gotten implants on it, and I wasn't quite sure because the implants were so big. And I said, "Well, she flips over, and there's a mole in the center of her back." Yeah, that's her. Sure enough, a few seconds later, she flips over. Bam! So she's she's gone on to to uh, lesser and, and bigger things, I guess. But. Uh, Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Thank you for the call. Uh, that is uh, Jim in York, Pennsylvania. Maxed out the credit card, dating a penthouse centerfold. I, you know what? I, I think that's probably the best way you could possibly max out a credit card. Take the penthouse centerfold out. Um, all right. Here is, uh, should I give, we got to go to break because we've, uh, we've got Lance Taylor joining us to break down all the world of sports uh, in particular. But I'm going to get into some of my relationship advice with uh, LT. There's a lot of people out there. It's Valentine's Day. I figure why not make the world a better place. We're taking the worst Valentine's Day calls of your existence. I'll ask LT about his Valentine's Day experiences. And we'll also get into the larger context of male-female relationships on this most majestic of days as well as get into a lot of uh, stories in the world of sports and beyond. LT at the official Lance Taylor on Twitter up next. I am Clay Travis. Hope you're having a spectacular Valentine's Day. If it is Valentine's Day and you just realize that you haven't done anything for Valentine's Day, get on it. 7 a.m. on the East Coast could be in trouble. You still got some time on the West Coast. It's only a little after 4. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage, and you're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is always a confident show, particularly when we have my guy Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. And LT, we start off with only the biggest issues in the world today, and that is this one. I have made the argument that if I spent the next four years training as a curler, all right, that I could make the U.S. Olympic curling team. All I would do full time, you know, like 50 or 60 hours a week is train to be a curler. I'd get the best curling training imaginable, have like the, you know, Mr. Miyagi of curling coaches out there with me every day, refining my technique would I be good enough to be in the Olympic mix if I spent four years exclusively doing it? I'm not going to knock it because I spent a lot of time in bars, uh, especially back in the college days, and I'm sure you did as well. And it seemed like the guys that were in there the most, you know, either throwing darts or playing pool or whatever the sawdust game is with the puck. Yep. What is that thing called? Uh, shuffle. Uh, that is a good question. What is that game called? Um I was going to say shuffleboard, but it's not shuffleboard because that's like the cruise ship game that people play. I know everybody yeah. knows listening to us right now what you're yeah. talking about. Like you just roll, you just kind of slide the thing down and but try to have it like land on least, points. At least experienced game. You know, I played a lot of pool. I would play darts every now and then. And every time I would play that shuffleboard thing with the sawdust. But there was always a guy that was really, really good at that. And yeah. I assumed, you know, he did something during the day outside of play that. Um, so if you devoted your time 
to doing nothing but curling because I would assume curlers too. I've never seen, we need to do one of these E60s on behind the scenes on curlers because I think this is kind of the go-to for people that really don't follow the Olympics as the sport that maybe we could compete in and be uh, competitive. And I just don't know if they really spend 24-7, you know, involved in curling. I doubt they do. I bet they've got regular jobs. I bet they've got nine to fives and I bet they curl on weekends and that's about it. So I'm not going to doubt it. And here's the other thing. There's no physical limitations that would keep you from doing it, and hardly right. anybody does it. That's my argument for why I could pull it off, is that how many people do you think in a year have curled for more than 10 hours total in the United States? Um, I don't know, less than a, you know, zero zero point one percent Yeah, like my argument is there's probably like 20,000 people in the whole United States who have spent more than 10 hours curling this year. And if you compare that with, say, basketball or golf or football or any other sport that is highly competitive in the United States, even skiing, like uh, snowboarding, all those things, lots of people do lots of hours doing them. So literally, of all the sports, you could win a gold medal. I'm not sure there is a better uh, odds for your average person than curling because everything else that I've ever seen where you have to win a gold medal, you would think that people spend a long time doing it and you could do it in all weather conditions. I think this is the fewest number of people who do it competitively with the best chance to win a medal of any sport in America. And I would think it would be the only sport where you really don't have to uh, do any cardio. Oh, I mean, totally. Do you think anybody's on the elliptical getting ready for uh, curling? No. I mean, I've seen the physical body types of some of these guys. One of them looks like Andy Reid. I mean, I, I, I don't think that if Andy Reid lookalike can do it, that I'm going to be physically unable to pull it off. Like, I, I think the physical, the physicality of it, not only that, but the size. You know, like, there are lots of things that you could be good at, but, like, the best basketball player in the world could end up being 5'5", five, five, right? And you would just be totally screwed. So, For instance, imagine if LeBron James has every single physical characteristic that he has right now, except he happens to be five foot five. There's no way he plays in the NBA, right? Like LeBron James could be able to pull off everything else about his game. He could be sickly athletic. He could be able to jump out of the gym. He could be able to, you know, like incredibly ripped, like physically the same body fat, everything else, except he happens to be five five. He never plays in the NBA, right? I mean, it might be kind of a, a unique situation. He's not going to be LeBron James, and I don't think the career is going to span nearly as long and be um, the impactful career of LeBron James. But I get what you're saying. Like, so, but the body type thing is basically not significant when it comes to this sport. And there are a lot of other sports where it would be. Like, for instance, if you look at Michael Phelps, this is why, like, the Olympics has become so intriguing in many ways. Michael Phelps has a weird body type, right? His legs are very short and his arms are insanely long, which is the ideal swimming body type to have. It's not just that Michael Phelps works his ass off and everything else. It's that he also has the perfect body type to be a great swimmer. And I think that's underrated when you look at the Olympics. And I'm not sure that it matters all in curling. I, I would agree with you. And curling seems like one of those sports, and it's probably the IOC would frown upon this, but going back to the bar activities, um, I think you could take a beer out, out on the ice, and I don't think it would really affect um, the score much. I agree. It's probably the only Olympic sport you could drink while doing and not have it impact you that much. All right. And I just wonder, you know, know, Michael Phelps, I mean, the guy made millions and millions of dollars off endorsements. If you win a golden curling, do you get any endorsements? I I mean, I think a beer company should be able to endorse. I mean, curling is is part 
Um, I think it's part of our, our, our culture now. I mean, that's that's the one go-to sport that we talk about all the time. So I think, uh, you know, for the Americans, and I don't even know if we're favored to win a medal in curling. I no, have no idea, not. But if we do, okay, well, if we did, if we pulled an upset, 1980, uh, Lake Placid, if we, we shocked the world and won <laughs> curling, I think these guys should get an endorsement from a major beer. It's like Canadian cornhole is the way I've been describing it. Um, we're talking to Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. Tonight, Valentine's Day. I have got a suggestion that I have made to all my listeners. If uh, you go out for Valentine's Day dinner, something that you have done as a man many times, and if you pick up the check, something that I bet you have done many times as a man as well, it's accepted, it is uh, anticipated, it is the typical way that just about everybody out there is going to be spending Valentine's Day as a part of uh, our culture, no matter where you're from in in the country, no matter what you do for a living, Guys, especially if you're single, guys are all reaching out and they are picking up the check. In this modern era where women want total equality, what is the reaction if when the check comes after ordering the wine, after ordering the drinks, appetizers, nice steak dinner, you say to the woman, you got half, I'll take half, and ask for her credit card? I'm going to say the overall reaction is probably not positive, but I think um, now that you're being heard in 50 states and around the world, I think we should try to do this. Is this not a great test? Because uh, yeah, here's my thing. I mean, let's, let's women right now, women, it's, it's exactly right. Women want equality except when they're the beneficiaries. So it's like, oh, I want to be totally equal with you. I want equal pay. I want equal rights. I want all this thing is great. But when it comes to things that women have traditionally gotten the benefit of, which is you can go out for a great dinner on Valentine's Day and know that you can order whatever you want and drink whatever you want, and the guy sitting across from you is picking up the whole bill, what if you flip things on their head and you say, you know what, babe, in this Me Too era, I just think we need to embrace equality everywhere. You should pay for your half of the meal. Let's just go 50-50 on it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to fly. I'll tell you this, the majority of guys out there, if you try it tonight, just plan on not getting naked. That's right. That's why guys do it. Because guys thinking the whole time, she's going to sleep with me if I do X, Y, and Z. But if you suddenly say, you know what, you got to pay for half, like your odds of having sex with whoever you're out for Valentine's Day with just plummeted. Or you're going to just be in a, you're going to be in a huge hole trying to climb your way out. You know, it's kind of a sad indictment, and, and we know as, as, as uh, red-blooded American men, um, I mean, we'll basically sleep with a woman just to sleep with a woman, uh, but it's kind of a, a sad indictment to know that women will actually sleep with a guy if they buy a mistake, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I think it's an incredible deal that, that we have ended up in this. Uh, this is my argument. I bet you agree with me. My argument is in modern American society, single life drastically favors men. In other words, nowadays, like back in 1870, you know, when you had to date a woman to have like kiss her or see her ankle, that was a tough deal, right? Like you had to get married to have sex. Like that was that was a real challenge. But nowadays, like when you can hop on Tinder and just pick up a random girl, Bumble, all these different apps, it has literally never been easier for a single guy to have sex with as many different women as he wants than right now or more socially acceptable. You don't have to worry if you're not an idiot about having accidental children. You can protect yourself uh, with, you know, condoms and whatnot from STDs. It has never been easier for a random American average dude to have sex with more women when he's single than right now. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, I had uh, a really close friend that was on Tinder, and I didn't know how it 
it worked. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm technically single now. Um, but I had no idea how this Tinder thing worked, and, and I've never experimented with it. But he told me, he was like, you put in a demographic. He was like, so you know the age that you're looking for. And I was just thinking to myself, I mean, I probably, I mean, this is how sick this is, but I probably would go 21 to, I mean, maybe 40, depending on. That's a big range, but like. you're, I mean, that's a good, that's a, a good range, but I'm, fertile I'm just range. Saying that, that's where, I mean, you know, women, single women don't have the benefit of having that two decade range. Yes. And so once you get married, I think the, 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 the story flips. And I think a lot of guys out there listening to me right now, they don't understand this. They're like, oh, my life's going to be the exact same when you get married. No, once you're married, women take back control of everything. Like, you don't make very many decisions in your house. Like, the, the marriage on the power dynamic, the power scale, I think drastically favors women. So once they get you committed, once they get the ring, once they get married, that's why women are so competitive to get married because they know that in the singledom world, like, it's tough. Like, they're out there fighting tooth and nail to get a guy to commit to them. Once they get married, they've got you. They got you by the balls. They own you. But when you're single, I think guys have all the control. I would agree, um, and I, I guess, um, I, you know, what is the year for a guy to get married? Is it 40? Is it 45? Because, you know... And it depends on the part of the country you live in, first of all, because there are guys right now right now, listening to us who are in L.A. that live that Peter Pan lifestyle, and they can... I'm not even kidding about this. They can have never been married. They can be like 46, 47 years old, and they can go out to the bar tonight in the South Bay, and they can pick up a smoking hot 26 or 27-year-old girl. I'm not even kidding about that. I've seen it happen so many times. I'm 38, and I'm like, my God, this is an unbelievable universe. Same thing I think is true in like New York City and Manhattan where people wait longer to get married. I think if you're in, and like we're on in all 50 states, like you were saying, I think if you're in a smaller, more rural area, you want to get married younger because your available options dwindle much faster because the more rural the area, the smaller the city, the more conservative it is, the faster people get married. Yeah, and, and look, and I, I've had friends that, you know, are in the South that didn't get married until their late 30s. Yep. And that's just something you don't see, and I'm sure you've seen it too, being in Nashville. And a lot of those guys get labeled as, well, he's not married, he's 38, he must be gay. Totally. That happens in the South all the time because if you've waited that long. And also, I think sometimes they play through their options because then you start to go back with the divorce girls because like, once you get into the upper 30s, it's tougher to pull off, oh, I'm going to date a 24-year-old girl unless you're really successful, keeping yourself in good shape, all those things. And you still might not have that much in common. Whereas if you're in L.A. or you're in New York or you're in a big city on one of the coasts or even a big city in general, I think that kind of lifestyle is more common. And so there's a lot more available options. Yeah, so what gets stereotyped more, the uh, the close to 40-year-old single male in the South or the 32 to 35-year-old really hot chick that's never been married as she's got to be completely insane? Ooh, because there definitely is that stereotype. When, you get, when you're a girl and you're really good-looking and you seem cool and you're not married and you're like 35, there's definitely there's a, gotta be something. what some, am I missing wrong. here? And I think that yeah. same thing happens for guys when they get into their upper 30s and they've never been married. That's a tough one. Which one is like stereotyped more? That's a, I think, it, again, it depends on the part of the country because I think if you're – and also what you do. I think if, like, if you're an insanely successful 35-year-old woman – and you can just say, hey, I'm just totally focused on my career. That's the play that guys can make 
easily, right? If you're like really successful and you're 38, 39, 40, 41, you've never been married, you're like, you know what? I just didn't have time to commit to a relationship. That line kills on the bar scene, right? Because if you're like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. Why, why you don't have married? You're not kids. Well, you know, I just been working so many hours, but now I'm ready to settle down and find a life. Like you find a wife, you are like the dream guy of a lot of women, right? Because you've been through all the wars, you make a lot of money, and now you claim that you're ready to sit down for a market for uh, to make, have a wife. There are guys out there that have been playing that line, by the way, for a decade. There are guys right now listening to us who've been like, yeah, I've been the guy going out to the bar claiming that I'm ready to settle down now for a decade because it's such an unbelievable line to drop. And it's not true because it's such a successful line that you end up with too many good options. And this is the perfect night for those guys to go out because any single girls out on Valentine's, you know they're insecure, right? Totally. And they're upset because they're not out. All right. So also going on on Valentine's. Another reason I wanted to have you on today in particular, we're talking to Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor, uh, the Cupid of our era uh, right now on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Okay. So um, tonight in Auburn, John Calipari going on the road with Kentucky. He's lost three straight games, which has never happened, I don't believe, in his Kentucky career before. And the only reason he hadn't lost four straight games was because Vanderbilt blew it on the road at Rupp Arena. He's almost lost four straight conference games. Auburn is the number one team in the SEC. Big time surprise. Bruce Pearl got things rolling down on the plains. Kentucky one of its worst seasons, if not the worst, under John Calipari. If they lose tonight, they would potentially be in 10th place in the SEC this year. John Calipari, people were comparing him to Nick Saban, saying he was the Nick Saban of basketball in the SEC. Where does that rank on all-time worst comparisons? I mean, a couple of years ago, it wasn't. I know you're going to think this is insane because Nick Saban just prints national championships now. To me, though, the hardest thing to do in sports is to win a national championship in basketball. I just think there's so much balance, and especially when we look at a year like this year. Um, but to win six consecutive games, and even if you're a one seed, first two couple of first couple of games aren't that difficult. But once you get to the Sweet 16, you're playing top 25 teams. Game in, game out. So to win a national championship is really difficult. Look, and I understand in nine years he's only won one, but we're still talking about a guy that has been to four Final Fours. Um, and I think the comparison more is like this. Look, Nick Saban is probably the greatest college coach we've ever seen. I think there might be a few John Wooden backers still out there. But when we're talking about the comparison of just being able to recruit – I mean, these guys, and look, the one-and-done doesn't look like it's working this year. I mean, with Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, you had you had A-level players last year that were ready to play in the NBA. You're not really seeing that with this roster, but year in, year out. I mean, he just recruits to the one-and-done, and to be able to be that competitive and make Final Four runs, I mean, I don't really mind the comparison. I see what you're saying because he's not equating two championships year in, year out, and he's only won one, and it's been six years since he won that one. Um, but still, to go to four Final Fours in nine years in college basketball is pretty tough. When you look at uh, at right now what's going on at Auburn, where does Bruce Pearl's run this year? I believe it's year four at Auburn. It is. It's a pretty unprecedented run because if you look at the remainder of the schedule, it looks like he's going to win, especially if they win tonight. It looks like Auburn is likely to win the SEC outright this year. What kind of money would you have put down on that not happening? 
I mean, this this is a major upset, and, and I know we got major upsets going on in the Big Ten with Ohio State. Nobody saw Ohio State winning the Big Ten this year, and certainly, I think in the Big Twelve, the idea that Texas Tech was going to be the team that was uh, everybody was chasing was laughable at the beginning of the season. I think it kind of ties in with what you were saying about this year being a total crapshoot more so than many other years. But Auburn being at the top of the SEC is a pretty massive upset already. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. If you would have given me 20, 25 to 1 for Auburn to win the SEC, I would have said it's a waste of money. You know, I would have come in and said, you know, A&M, Florida, Kentucky, uh, maybe even Alabama uh, with Colin Sexton. You know, before Michael Porter Jr. gets hurt, Missouri, uh, I never would have thought Auburn. And, you know, and Bruce Pearl, when he got this job, I said, within three years of being a Sweet 16, people laughed at me because Auburn's a bad basketball program. You know, historically, they just haven't done anything. They were one seed back in 99, 2000. Since then, they've done absolutely nothing. And back then, they had an elite player in Chris Porter. This team doesn't have an elite player. So um, it's a lot of balance on this team. And, you know, I think they can lose another game or two and still get on that two line. Um, if they win out, they're going to be a one seed. I think they are going to win the SEC regular season championship. They're going to be favored to win the SEC championship, uh, the tournament in St. Louis in a few weeks. Uh, it's just been an incredible story. And Chris Holtman's done a great job at Ohio State, and that's a, a big-time surprise and a very competitive Big Ten. But if you're looking for a national coach of the year, to me, it's got to be Bruce Pearl in year four. And what's crazy, Clay, is you might have your national coach of the year, and you might have a guy that's fired in the same year with this FBI probe going on. Yeah, it is a uh, a messy situation. Now, that FBI probe, evidently they've got issues with some of their witnesses. I've been reading about yeah. this. I think the whole case is just a mess. I've been on this for a while. I don't understand why anybody cares. Like, who are the actual people that are being harmed by college athletes getting money under the table to play? Do we think this hasn't been happening for a long time? Yeah. I mean, it's a marketplace. And, it, and how many, like, of the top five-star guys in basketball and football, I think the majority of them are getting something. Are you? Do you think I'm insane for believing that? No, absolutely not. I'm a little naive in the past when it comes to the Roy Williams and the Mike Krzyzewskis because, you know, I think especially Krzyzewskis had a lot of one-and-dones. Um, especially now, recently. Was Bagley. Yeah, and, and, you know, Kyrie Irving. And so I, I think maybe um, at a place like Duke, it's not as corrupt as some of the other places because you come, you play on a national stage, you have an opportunity to go to a Final Four, you're going to be done the next year. And, I can't say that for Calipari because it seems like everywhere he's been, from UMass to Memphis and now Kentucky, you know, there, there seems to be a lot of baggage there. But, yeah, I'm with you. We're not naive. We know this kind of stuff goes on. And I mean, if you're the Auburn Tigers, you're never going to do better than Bruce Pearl in college basketball. So you, you need to find a way, regardless of the direction this probe goes, to uh, make sure he stays there. Last question for you. Do you think anybody in Alabama is nervous over what Kirby Smart has done at Georgia. For a long time, there was nobody who could question the dynasty of Nick Saban in the SEC and in the country really at large. With what Kirby Smart has done, with the recruiting class that he put together this year, with the fact that, frankly, I think a lot of Alabama fans would have to acknowledge they were very fortunate to have won the national title game as they did. Is it crazy to believe that Kirby might be able to out Nick Saban, Nick Saban? Yeah, you know, Clay, I thought when Kirby got the job, I said he'll win a national championship within five years because he was the closest thing that I had seen to Nick Saban. It was 
kind of an unknown. Um, I thought Georgia was going to be the surprise of the SEC this year, and you know they actually exceeded my expectations. And when you look at Nick Saban, a guy that was really seasoned as a head coach when he took over at Alabama, Kirby did more in year two than Nick Saban did. Nick Saban was undefeated going into an SEC championship game, but he lost to Florida in that game. Kirby wins the SEC championship. They're up 13 nothing at halftime of the national championship game. And if Tungabaloa doesn't come in that game, if Hurts stays in the game, Alabama loses that game. They weren't scoring. Um, and Kirby would have won a national championship in year two. And you mentioned the recruiting. I mean, you know, they dusted Alabama when you really start to look at the numbers. So Alabama fans might not tell you they're a little nervous, but they got to be. It's an easier road in the SEC East. To me, Kirby's going to control the East. I think three or four years he will win the East, and that's going to be a one-game situation against Alabama. And look, to me, Dwarf is getting better and better. Um, I don't know how many years Nick Saban's got left, but but to me, um, if I'm buying stock in teams right now in college football, if I can only buy four, I would buy Alabama, I'd buy Clemson, I'd buy Ohio State, and I'm buying Georgia. Georgia's not going anywhere. Good stuff, as always, at the Lance Taylor. Good luck on Valentine's Day, and thanks for coming to hang with us. I'm not paying, Clay. I don't get naked tonight. Um, I'm not paying. I don't care. That is Lance Taylor. I am Clay Travis. Let's find out what's trending now with my guy, Eddie Garcia. Eddie, you paying? Uh, I'm married, so I'm always paying. Uh, In the NBA, checking games of note, the Cavaliers beat the Thunder in Oklahoma City 120-112. Cleveland 2-0 since making that big trade at the deadline, bringing in the four new players. Now, LeBron James led the way with 37 points, but George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., and Rodney Hood combined for 48 points in the win. Rockets over the Timberwolves in Minnesota 126-108. Houston's won nine in a row. They snapped Minnesota's 13-game home court winning streak. Raptors over the Heat 115-112. Toronto, the top team in the East, now 40-16 on the year. They've won six straight. And the Nuggets down the Spurs 117-109. College Hoops, new number one, Virginia. Beat Miami 59-50. Number two, Michigan State rolled over Minnesota 87-57. And number seven, Texas Tech won a battle of ranked teams, beating 23rd-ranked Oklahoma 88-78. to This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Clay, former Papa John CEO John Snatter reportedly been informed that Colin Kaepernick's legal team is seeking to de- depose him as part of the quarterback's collusion case against the NFL. They want to interview Shatter about any role Cowboys owner Jerry Jones may have played in his comments where the, he said the NFL players kneeling hurt his business. Kaepernick's team filed a grievance against the NFL, accusing them of collusion and keeping Kaepernick out of the league. Good for Colin Kaepernick to go after the pizza man. Let's go ahead and knock out his approval rating to like 5%. Happy Valentine's Day. We got a special Animal Thunderdome edition coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. It's Taylor Swift Wednesday, Valentine's Day. Here we go. Oh, such a great song. Such a great song. Great news. First of all, this song, that is great news. You could save money in a quick way. If you switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Save the money you're going to spend tonight on Valentine's Day by saving money right now with Geico. And also, now's a fantastic time to buy a new Honda. Visit shophonda.com or visit your local Honda dealer today. 
All right, boys, cue the music. It's a special Valentine's Day edition of the Animal Thunderdome. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bunch of disrespect to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. We had yesterday, I believe it was, a poacher mauled to death by lions. This is one of the most terrifying stories I have seen in a long time. Jason Martin, I believe you have the details. They were trying to get to an elk, and this is like it seems like this would actually be in a disaster movie, but the elk somehow brought down a helicopter. Yeah, you know, you might be overselling it just a little bit. An elk leaped into a research helicopter that was trying to capture it. It was trying to capture and sedate the elk, give it a tracking collar to research its movements in the area. This is east of Salt Lake City in Wasatch County, Utah. And the elk jumped into the chopper's tail rotor as the aircraft flew about three meters above ground. That's 9.8 feet in a mountainous part of eastern Europe. So they were trying to drop a net hold on, on hold this on, elk, hold on. and the elk I, had enough. I thought you said this was in Utah. I did say it was in Utah. Then you just said it's a mountainous region of eastern Europe. Did I say Europe? That yes. was a mistake on my part if I said I thought I said Utah. It's Utah. Okay, it's Salt right. Lake, east of Salt Lake City. So they had the elk. Is this like an elk suicide? It, it seems to me jumping into the tail rotor would not go well for the elk. Well, the elk is dead. Yeah, um, yeah I would think so. So that's, yes, it was a collision. But he brought down the, the helicopter. Elk. It did bring down the helicopter. Uh, it's a frequently used tool to monitor remote wildlife in Utah. That's according to the Division of Wildlife Resources. Helicopter damaged on its tail rotor, right skid, and underside. The net had been launched to catch the animal, but it didn't work. The pilot started to slow down so somebody could jump out and hobble the elk, is how it's described in this article. As the helicopter slowed down, the elk collided with the rotor. Now, elk do not really care for flying things. This happened... Actually, you know what? This is pretty new as well. It happened a year ago. A drone caused 1,500 elk to stampede for over half a mile in western Wyoming at the National Elk Refuge. A man flew a drone over a resting herd, and the elk lost their minds. So now, a helicopter gets taken down. First, it launches a stampede of over 1,500 elk because of a drone. Maybe don't fly things over these animals. Because it seems like they've had enough of these aircraft flying around in their area. My question would be, do we really need to tag an elk? Are there that many people out there that are wondering what's going on with elks? I understand if you tag a, uh, let's say, a wolf. There aren't that many of, and you're trying to track it down. Or if you tag a grizzly bear or a polar bear or some animal that there's a lot of interest in. It seems like the elk would be kind of a boring animal to study. Probably. It's uh, just they a help wildlife officials. What they're doing is trying to monitor migration paths and survival rates. They capture around 1,300 each winter, almost all using helicopters. This was the first accident of its kind involving an elk. What else we got? Uh, real quickly, this is just absolutely gross. It was in CNN and everywhere yesterday. Abby Beckley working on a salmon boat in Alaska. 
Imagine looking into your irritated eye for an eyelash only to pull out a translucent half-inch worm and then finding out there are 14 of them in your eye. Done. This is only the the 11th time a person has been infected by, quote, eye worms, I'm but done. it's a new species that has never infected people before, a cattle worm that somehow jumped into a human. I think we have to, uh, I'm not trying to be unfair to this woman, but I think we might have to kill her. I, if you can get eye worms, I don't want them to spread. It sounds like the worst Valentine's Day story ever. If worms can get in your eyes, we got to isolate and kill this worm thing right now before it kills us all. I'm Clay Travis on OutKick. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It's Valentine's Day, knuckleheads. I hope you guys took care of it. I hope you've got your reservations. I hope you've got your presents. I hope you don't blow it. We've had a an amazing collection of calls, pretty fantastic for the worst Valentine's Days ever. Appreciate all of you who have been participating in the show so far. Encourage you to go download the podcast if you haven't already done it. Millions of you. I think, what was the number, guys? You may have seen the tweet from uh, Fox Sports Radio. As a collective Fox Sports Radio family, we had something like 10 million and change. We yeah, said- 10.2 million. 10.2 million uh, downloads uh, for the month, which is pretty outstanding. The biggest month we've ever had in the history of the network. And uh, in the millions of those were OutKick uh, audience members uh, out there downloading. Colin Cowherd posted ridiculous numbers. We've got pretty pretty big numbers as well. And all of the shows are growing at a pretty rapid uh, pace. And I think that's a, a, a credit to Scott Shapiro, Don Martin, and the guys who run Fox Sports Radio in general. So, Everything rolling there, but it's amazing to me how much the podcast has grown, so I would encourage you guys to go search out OutKick. You can also get the podcast for my afternoon No FCC Restrictions show. I do it right around 3 o'clock Eastern every day. You can watch it on Twitter. You can watch it on Facebook. You can also get the audio. Um, That's uh, OutKick the show, and uh, that's at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific, every single day. So if you're bored at work, and you're like, man, I want to find uh, 30 minutes of entertainment to uh, to help pass the day. I would encourage you guys to uh, to make a play there. Um, big news, I would say, as we come into the final hour of the show here on the Wednesday edition, the Cavs played their second game with their newly remade team. They have looked fantastic. They went on the road and they won at OKC. They look like the team that everyone kind of anticipated they would be. They're still an experiment, obviously, in the works. But it looks like the Cavs maybe – should be officially the favorite to advance from the Eastern Conference and lose to either Golden State or Houston in the NBA Finals. Uh, A lot of big games last night in college basketball. We're starting to pivot our attention a little bit towards college basketball. I've actually got on my schedule tonight post-dinner to watch on the DVR. I'm curious to see what John Calipari against Bruce Pearl is going to be like. Auburn against Kentucky. Kentucky trying to avoid their fourth straight loss in the SEC. If Kentucky loses... They would fall to 10th in the SEC. So to heck with being a top 10 team overall, the Kentucky Wildcats would be the 10th best team in the Southeastern Conference. I would imagine that we will talk a decent amount about that outcome as everybody starts to pivot their attention to the NBA and to college basketball. This is the time of year when college basketball starts to reign ascendant. Um, I am polishing off this week. Next week, Jason Martin will be hosting with Jeff Schwartz partly, although Jeff, I believe, is in Israel right now. I'm taking my family on a Disney Star Wars cruise. So this is going to be a heck of an experiment. We leave 
on Friday, and uh, Friday afternoon we'll head down to Orlando, and then we get on a cruise ship, and it's a Star Wars Disney cruise. So what I am told that means, first of all, is that obviously my first grader and my fourth grader and my three-year-old, I've got three boys, they are going to be in absolute heaven. Second part of that is that this is going to be a, uh, they have all the Star Wars characters on the cruise ship. So I don't know what it's going to be like to be with Darth Vader in the Caribbean. I guess that Rogue One uh, movie, they had all the stormtroopers and like the beautiful, pristine uh, aqua waters. So at least you know what it might look like. Um, and uh, I'm assuming they just show all of the Star Wars movies on constant repeat. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Jason Martin, you went and saw the, the big movie coming out this weekend. And I think they're going to show it on the cruise ship is uh, is Black Panther, right? How was it? I thought it was really good. Um, How would you compare I, it to other Marvel and uh, superhero movies in general? Is it the best superhero movie it, you've seen? No, 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 no. But is I actually it, think it kind of transcended superhero films in general. Like, it, it, if it wasn't for the suits and the tech, it really was more grounded than most superhero films are. I would probably give it a top three to five Marvel film ranking. Like, a lot of their stuff has gotten so much better. The Winter Soldier remains the best film that they've ever done through Marvel films. The The advantage to Black Panther, I think, is in its confidence. It doesn't bring in 15 to 20 other Avengers because it doesn't feel like it can tell its own story. It chills in Wakanda the entire time. It is totally comfortable in its own universe. And from a casting standpoint, one of the big problems, especially in Marvel films, is the villains often suck. The villain in this film is probably the best villain I've seen in a Marvel film, and maybe one of the best I've ever seen in a superhero film. You actually sympathize and believe in his cause. You understand his motivation. He's not completely out of his mind, and Michael B. Jordan absolutely kills the role. But I think it's it's really good. I think it's... It may be getting a little bit overrated to some extent just because people want it to be something that I didn't necessarily think it was. I did not think it beat you over the head trying to teach you anything. I think there were certainly some subtle messages that it was trying to deliver, but I did not walk out of this thinking like I was preached to, feeling like somebody was pointing at me. I just thought it was a really damn good, entertaining film that was long but did not feel as long as its runtime. Great soundtrack, great visuals. I was a real big fan. What did you think? Did you see the tweet that I put out from the woman who was trying to have the wokest tweet of 2018? Did you guys see this? Um, this might be the, the wokest. I don't know what you do on Twitter. Your job should just be to sit there and, and look at everything that I do and make sure you never I miss I muted anything. you again a long time ago. Did you mute me? Yeah, I, think I, I check have to you fire every you morning, but I do not mute me. I mean, fire you, me. Then. That, I that don't make even my day. tweet that much. In the great you tweet of all the time, and you respond to people, and you use language I don't want to see, and there's there's just stuff there that I that I don't I'm, want in my, my life. My cursing all the time. makes you uncomfortable. I just don't need to see it. it. Doesn't make me uncomfortable. I just don't need to see it personally. I don't think it's necessary. This is ridiculous. What about you guys? So I does check on cursing, it every morning. Does my cursing make you uncomfortable, uh, uh, Justin and? Um, and Danny G. No, but your love for Taylor Swift is a little troublesome. Oh, I mean, she's the greatest artist of our time. Yeah, it I is mean, a problem. So, her, le- her legs are wonderful, but... Okay, I see the tweet now. I this see the tweet is, now. This is an amazing tweet. This is a real-life tweet. Uh, do we have the Woke Ugh. Report music? Because this may be the wokest thing that this I have seen bad. in 2018. All right, Tony Kornheiser the- was up there yesterday. We should have done a woke report today. Tony Kornheiser said something yesterday that kind of blew have, my mind. Do you have audio of the Kornheiser? I take? can have it for the final segment of the show. We'll do a we'll do a additional woke report, but I like the music. So can we cue the woke report music here 
right now. Oh, oh yeah. Time to get woke. Then it goes a little something like this with Jayma. Yeah, boy. I saw this and I thought it had to be satire. I saw this and I thought there's no way this can be real life. This chick, Emily Lockdawalla, this is a real person. She tweeted about the, the Black Panther movie that's coming out this weekend. This is not made up. This is not like I want to be the wokest human being on the planet, and so I'm going to exaggerate for comedic effect. This is a real tweet that she sent. All right, are you ready? Have you guys seen this in L.A.? Because your mind's going to be blown if you haven't seen this. Emily Lockdawalla tweeted, So I carefully did not buy hashtag Black Panther tickets for opening weekend because I did not want to be the white person sucking black joy out of the theater. What's the appropriate date for me to buy tickets? Is next weekend okay? This is how pathetic the woke artist of this country, Woke Center. You know what we need to do? I'm going to start selling Woke Center t-shirts. A lot of you want them uh, to, uh, to, to, to make fun of uh, the excessive attempt to be woke in American society today in this current lifestyle. This chick tweeted in real life, and she's, I think, a NASA scientist. So in theory, she is not an idiot. She tweeted, so I carefully did not buy hashtag Black Panther tickets for opening weekend because I did not want to be the white person sucking black joy out of the theater. What's the appropriate date for me to buy tickets? Is next weekend okay? Is this the Wokey? Should we give out Wokey awards? Is this the leader in the Wokey clubhouse right now? Have you seen anything more woke than this? Let's go around no, the this horn. Is, this is definitely on the list. This is one of the dumbest things that I've ever seen, and I went to her bio to see what it says, and this should make all the sense in the world. Senior editor and planetary evangelist, the Planetary Society, planetary scientist, writer, public speaker, writing a book on curiosity mission, asteroid 274860. Yeah, okay, maybe you okay. should follow yourself to that asteroid 274860 the- and stay there because this is absolutely absurd. Here's the problem. Like, when I see that somebody who is involved in, what did she say, what's the first line of her bio? Uh, what was it? Planetary scientist. It was senior editor and planetary evangelist. Okay, the plan- planetary oh, right society. There. Planetary evangelist. Are there people there who are not in favor of planets? Like, I don't understand what a planetary evangelist would be. Like, if you're an evangelist of religion, you're like out there trying to convince people that your lifestyle is the right one, right? Like that you need to be following uh, the good book, whatever it is. If you're an evangelist for something, you are trying to persuade people to be in favor of it. Are there people out there arguing against planets? I don't know the answer to that, but it would seem to me if there are planet skeptics and or maybe maybe Kyrie Irving is one, uh, he might not know the Earth is round. Uh, uh, but like, how are you a planetary evangelist? This is like me being like a could, could I be? I, I don't even know what I could be an evangelist for that's more uncontroversial than a planet. Like I'm in favor. Like I'm a gravity evangelist. I just I love gravity. I think gravity is awesome. I love the fact that I can walk on the ground. Uh, L.A., when you hear that Emily Lakdawalla said, so I carefully did not buy Black Panther tickets for opening weekend because I did not want to be the white person sucking black joy out of the theater. What's the appropriate date for me to buy tickets? Is next weekend okay? Is that the wokest take of the year so far? 
Yeah, I'm. I'm not even under, like. I'm not even sure I understand the point. Like, I think that she thinks. Oh, that I get the point. She the thinks point that white is, people shouldn't shouldn't go see this, and that every black person in the world should go to see this, and that if you but, if the white people are in the theater, it's going to steal and rob the moment she's from gonna, the black it's crowd. Suck the black joy out of the theater. If the there's lights white are off there. in the theater. That's yeah, but you can point. feel you can feel the presence of white people oh, okay. when you're trying to watch Black Panther. I Racist. think that's a clear. Racist. Is this the wokest take, Danny G, of 2018? Uh, <laughs> you've had so many good ones already. I think this is the wokiest. I think we might have reached it peak is. wokeness so far because I, I love this because, like, who is the official black person who tells her when she can buy tickets? Like, is there a deputized uh, woke wokey? Like, is it a fake black guy, um, Sean King? Like, is he the official black person who can come in and say, hey, okay, you can buy tickets on February 24th, but not before then? This is literally one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Um, so, Emily Lockdawalla, I invited her to come on Outkick and discuss yeah, uh, when she was going to buy Black Panther tickets. She has not yet responded to my offer, uh, but that is out there as an offer. Um, other Twitter news of note that I hate to brag about, but do you know who's following me on Twitter now? Anybody? I mean, no. I'm Jason. Turn Jason Martin's mic off. This lack of enthusiasm <laughs> from Jason Martin is just For unacceptable on Valentine's on Day. Yeah. It's Mario effing Lopez, AC Slater. Everybody should care. If you don't care, turn his mic off. He's done for the rest of the show. Uh, let's come back to the people in uh, people in L.A. Jason Martin's on Valentine's Day pro, uh, probation because he's not happy enough this morning. Just a grump. He's a grump. He's like, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, rough stuff. So maybe his voice is bothering him again. Um, here's the, uh, here's the uh, big question here. Uh, my guy, Petros and Money, also. We're going to talk, by the way, with Britt McHenry next. She got into an argument about whether or not women should pose nude uh, for Sports Illustrated or not, which, by the way, fantastic Valentine's Day. Uh, debate topic there um we are uh, uh our guy petros and money i saw petros tweet this yesterday afternoon because i follow petros on twitter because i like him and i read his tweets and so um uh, unlike some people on this show so as i was uh reading petros's tweet i see that he's gonna have tiger woods on and i actually thought it was a joke i was like this is kind of a big deal because i don't think tiger woods has done hardly any media uh, at all in like the last several years and he went on Petros and Money on AM570 Sports yesterday, and he was actually really good uh, because a lot of times Tiger Woods doesn't say anything on top of not doing very much media. But he was talking about how difficult his recovery from back surgery was, and I wanted to play this cut from you guys, for you guys. Again, this is Petros and Money, uh, AM570 Sports in L.A., and they had Tiger Woods on yesterday, and Tiger said this. I've got my, my quality of life back. It was just a very difficult, uh, probably six months. I had to be helped out of bed every day. It was pretty sad when uh, I can't get to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I had to have a bucket next to the bed. It was really bad. It was a really rough time, and I didn't know this is how my life is going to be for the rest of my life. I've been very lucky and very blessed to have come out on on this side, and I have a chance to talk to you guys and play golf again and do things that I never thought I could be able to do again. That's pretty amazing to think about where Tiger Woods is trying to come back from. I would love to see him win at least one more major just to kind of put a capstone onto his career. But when you hear that kind of story, it's really pretty overwhelming. Um, speaking of pretty overwhelming, how overwhelmed are you by the transition of Sports Illustrated from swimsuit issue that you could occasionally see a nipple through the swimsuit? Trust me, as a young boy, I was very astute at being able to see through the swimsuits. Then we move to, let's paint on bathing suits. 
See, they're not actually wearing anything, but it looks like they are. Okay, that was the painted on. Now we have basically Sports Illustrated just getting into the business of doing softcore porn and putting out pictures of naked women. Now, I'm in favor of nudity. Yes, I'm in favor of nudity in general, but it is an interesting evolution for an erstwhile sports media brand. Britt McHenry got into it with a couple of the girls who decided to pose for Sports Illustrated and their decision. And Britt McHenry gets more, in in some way, I am blown away by the amount of media attention she can get by sharing her opinions. Well, she's going to do that with us next. Britt McHenry here on Outkick the Coverage. I am Clay Travis. This is the Valentine's Day edition. If you have not gotten your gifts or your reservations yet, you, my friend, are screwed and not the good kind of screwed. This is Fox Sports Radio. God bless T-Swizzle. What if you could get up to a thousand? Hold on. This is good. Uh, turn it up a little bit. So talented. Happy Valentine's Day. Am I the only one on the show who loves Taylor Swift? Maybe. But I'm the only one with good taste on the show. What if you could get up to $1,000 in as little as 48 hours with TaxSlayer? Well, you can. Introducing Refund Now, only from TaxSlayer. E-file your taxes. Get up to $1,000 in as little as 48 hours with no upfront fees. Visit TaxSlayer.com for details. What's the update on Britt McHenry? She's not responding to our calls. Justin Cooper, going straight to voicemail. Yeah, it just rang. Uh, I'm trying again. All right, just keep calling. Um, and uh, let's see if we can wake her up, because I'm guessing that we're probably waking her up. Um, and, uh, and on Valentine's Day, there's no better way, let's be honest, to start off your Valentine's Day with my voice. So thank you for starting your Valentine's Day uh, with my voice. And if many of you out there are thinking, oh, my God, it's Valentine's Day, Clay Travis just reminded me that I haven't done anything for my wife or girlfriend. Well, you're screwed, not in a good way. Uh, like, go ahead. Is Eddie Garcia there? Let's go ahead and bring in Eddie. Let's get an update here in the event that we actually do track down Britt McHenry. Um, and uh, let's find out what's shaking uh, in the world of sports, Eddie. All right, Clay, let's start with a uh, quick recap of the games. A note in the NBA last night in the Cavaliers. Uh, they make it 2-0 and since the trade deadline. They pick up those four new players. They beat Boston on the road in their first game, and in their second game, they beat the Thunder on the road, 120-112. to LeBron James with a big night, 37 points. But the new four players, George Jordan, uh, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., and Rodney Hood combined for 48 points in the win. Rockets won their ninth in a row. They beat the Timberwolves 126-108. James Harden, 34 points and 12 assists. We had the Raptors over the Heat, 115-112. Toronto's the top team in the East with a 40-16 and record. They won six in a row. And the Nuggets beat the Spurs 117-109. Denver's Nikola Jokic with a triple-double, 23 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. Some college basketball, the new number one team in the land. Virginia beat Miami 59-50. It was number two, Michigan State, rolling over Minnesota 87-57. And it was number seven, Texas Tech, beating number 23, Oklahoma 88-78. And, Clay, uh, there was a developing story out here in Southern California in the overnight hours. Uh, Professional golfer Bill Haas was involved in a car accident along with the actor Luke Wilson. Uh, Haas went to the hospital. Wilson was uninjured. They were in separate cars. But there was a fatality involved uh, in that oh. accident. So that's a story that happened in the early morning hours out here in L.A. How good of a golfer is Bill Haas? Because him just hanging out with uh, who, which which Wilson brother Luke, was it? Luke Luke, Luke Wilson. Yeah. The guy from uh, old school, right? What does Correct. Luke Wilson do now? I think he still acts. I mean, I know Owen Wilson is in. Uh, I watched that movie Wonder, which basically just exists to make people cry for two and a half hours. And uh, Owen Wilson was a dad in there. I haven't seen Luke Wilson in anything in a long time, but when he shows up, I mean, the, the, I think old school is maybe the maybe the best just pure comedy. 
that has been made in the last – what was old school made? Like 2002 or three-ish? It may be the best – it might be the funniest per line movie in the 21st century, in my opinion. I think old school is phenomenal. 2003 I, for old school. 2003, there you go. I think old school is absolutely phenomenal. When he – that way that movie starts off uh, with him in the backseat with the, the cab and then when he shows up at his house and uh, – and the guy just rings the doorbell, and he's like, "I'm here for the gangbang." I mean, the, the the entire that. I mean, is there agreement? Uh, given the fact that I have perfect taste, is there agreement that old school is nearly a flawless comedic masterpiece? Uh, you're my boy, Blue. I mean, yeah, it's right. I mean, that entire solid. movie from start to finish. Uh, the Vince Vaughn character who owns Speaker City, I think it is. Um, everything about that movie is streaking. absolutely fantastic. We're going streaking. Yeah. Everything is fantastic. Pretty we classic. still have. Uh, it's cool. It's cool. I'm cool. Yeah, everything about that. I mean, uh, that movie. And it's also wild. Will Ferrell has got the ability to have seemed to be the exact same age now for like 25 years. Is that like he didn't seem young ever when he was like the, the cheerleader guy on Saturday Night Live, but he's looked the exact same for 25 years. Like he never looked like he was 24 years old or whatever he was. He's looked like he was 45 years, 45 years old for 25 years. Is that not an accurate reflection of Will Ferrell? Like, he's looked like he was 45 years old for the last 25 years of his acting career. He's looked the exact same. And not like he was, like, youthful, and you were like, oh, man, that's a really good-looking guy. He's looked like he was 45 for his entire life. I think that guy was born 45 years old. Um, it is the uh, – the uh, what do we have here? Uh, let's do – should we do the woke report here in the event that Britt ever actually answers the call and comes on with us? Let's do potentially the woke report right here, evidently in addition to the Black Panther review. And by the way, Jason Martin, you went and saw this Black Panther movie, and if you missed the first edition of the woke report, this might be the wokest take that we've had all year. Uh, we had a woman saying that she wanted to make sure that she didn't suck the black joy out of the theater by going too soon. This was the, uh, this was the, the NASA scientist chick. NASA scientist chick is saying, so I carefully did not buy Black Panther tickets. This is Emily Lakdawalla for opening weekend because I did not want to be the white person sucking black joy out of the theater. What's the appropriate date for me to buy tickets is next weekend. Okay, let's do a couple of things here. First of all, let's open up the phone lines. Only black callers. What would be the appropriate day for Emily Lakdawalla to buy Black Panther tickets? She wants to know from black people when she can buy tickets to go see Black Panther. 877-996-6369. It's the wokest report ever. Um, and uh, this is a real tweet in case some of you think that that was like satire. I invited this woman uh, to come on OutKick this week and let us know what she had discovered about when white people can go see Black Panther. Uh, do you have a date for us yet? Um, and uh, she has not responded to my invitation, but she is, again, a NASA scientist. She is a planetary evangelist. Uh, because all those other people who are like anti-planets, they're like, man, planets suck. I'll never believe in planets. Well, Emily Lakdawalla is a woke planetary evangelist to make sure that you are aware that the planets are awesome. Let's play once more. I think it would be great also if we somehow incorporated into the woke center uh, theme here. If we had sports center music to tie into the woke center theme as well, where we could do the da-da-da, da-da-da today in woke center news. But in the meantime... Here is Woke Center audio for everybody out there on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Time to get woke. Then it goes a little something like this. With J-Mark. Yeah, boy. 
Now, we've already hit the wokest story maybe of 2018, and I think it's clear that we're going to have to do the Wokies, um, where we give out the best awards for the wokest takes in the world of sports and pop culture. And this uh, this chick, Emily Lactawall, is at the top of the list for wanting to know when white people can go see Black Panther. But you're telling me that Tony Kornheiser, and this is going to hurt me because Tony Kornheiser is like my idol. He's the first person who was incredibly good at writing radio and TV. I'm now the next best thing at all three. Uh, I am the heir apparent to Tony Kornheiser. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't even know who would be my contestants for that You're definitely that big a jerk. Uh, No, I am. am, I got better hair. Um, but you definitely have better hair. Yes. Uh, what have we got here? Kornheiser evidently went on, got on the woke patrol, and uh, I haven't even heard this. I have no idea what he said, but you got it. Yeah. By the way, if you want to send something that you see that is incredibly woke to us, you can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. You can find Jason Martin at Jmart Outkick, and you can also hashtag it. Just hashtag Woke Center. W-O-K-E-C-E-N-T-E-R. By the way, I can report that that chick, Emily Lakdawalla, has been offered a billion-dollar-a-year contract by ESPN to come work for them so that she can be the wokest in the entire universe. But Tony Kornheiser on PTI, I'm assuming, yesterday, he had a woke fit. And what did it sound like? Yeah, they were talking about Chloe Kim on PTI, the snowboarder that kind of captured the internet and was tweeting during her runs and talking about being hangry and all these people trying to come after her and it was a really cool story and then tony kornheiser decided i can't just let it be a good story i also need to make a point about the president in the middle of this chloe kim story and this is donald how trump that, yeah yes the president of the united states this is kind of how that laid out I don't want to let my prejudices like yours against extreme sports right i don't want to let them try blind to stay away from me. i don't want to let them blind me But I will say this. Let us look at her narrative for a second. She's a 17-year-old girl whose parents immigrated here from Korea. Okay. She's in a sport that is very fan-friendly. We don't know anything about our skaters, and we don't have any skaters that we know about. And our skiers, they go down the mountain very, very fast. But that's not as fan-friendly as these X Games things. She's in a position now with social media and with winning in a very exciting way to say, look at me. This, this, This Winter Olympic team is blacker and browner and more Asian than any Winter Olympic team that we've had. She looks like America right now. There's somebody in the White House who wants to build a wall. That wall would keep someone like Chloe Kim out. I am thinking that Chloe Kim is in exactly the right space and the right time to become an enormous star star. in the way that Ronda Rousey a couple of years ago was in that same space. First of all, what wall is going to keep people from Korea from getting here? I think there's an ocean. I'm not an expert on geography, but isn't this girl 17 years old? Yes. And I'm not an immigration expert, but I'm assuming that her parents illegally immigrated to this country. Like, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, that they, she was she was born here in Torrance, California. Right. Yeah. So what is the point of this entire rant? This is what I I'm talking think about. It's to go after the president. Yeah. Like, just chill. Why is everybody so angry? Why is everybody always trying to make everything? Didn't you just enjoy a 17-year-old girl who just won a gold medal and not immediately turn her into a reason to talk about Donald Trump? Good Lord. 
Be wow, less somebody woke. just fired out a woke center tweet. There's another one. Christine oh. Brennan, who she's wonderful. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Christine, Christine Brennan. Brennan. That's the chick who went to the uh, – the, uh, she said that – like the, remember the guy? We talked about this, I think, on the show last, uh, last summer because she blocked me on Twitter after I called her an idiot because she said, like, somebody made a joke. One of the guys – I don't remember who it was. Um, a, a, a senior guy on the tour said that he got outdrove by Annika Sornstam – and he's like, you know, it's never good when you're getting outdrove by a girl. And she was like, oh, this is incredibly sexist and inappropriate commentary. And I'm like, actually, if you're a male professional golfer and you get outdriven by a female golfer, it's probably a sign that things are not going well in your career. And by the way, I think it was like Fred Furick. I think he was making a joke at his own expense that he couldn't even outdrive the women on the tour now it's because Furyk. he's getting older. Jim Furick. No, it wasn't or Jim Fred Furyk. Funk. Fred Funk. Fred Funk. Yeah, maybe it was Fred Funk. If it wasn't him. I apologize. Somebody like that. Anyway, Christine Brennan is like one of the kings and queens of the woke center universe. What did she say? All right. Well, apparently she wrote a column, which I have not seen. Because, of course she well, did, because she's that would an idiot. Mean I would she have to go read. Idiotic yeah, she wrote, she wrote a column, and she just tweeted out, I'll be talking about my Sean White hashtag Me Too column and the USOC news conference in which only male reporters were called upon this morning on. Good morning, America, Headline TV, CNN, and USA Today Sports, as well as Facebook Live. So I guess Sean White, after he won his fourth gold medal or whatever, uh, when did a press conference and they only called on male reporters and Christine Brennan fired off a column about that. <laughs> I have just, no, I have no idea. I don't. She went all the way to Korea to write a column about how somebody didn't call on her to ask a question. I mean, is that really what we what we've come to? So that she can tie it into me too. Maybe didn't get a question asked because they only got to a- ask eight questions. Right? I don't know. I've been in many press conferences where people have raised their hands and not gotten to ask a question. Is Christine Brennan's question of Sean White about his? Uh, snowboarding performance? No, it's really about his harassment allegations. It's about August sixteenth. I'm what actually he, looking at the piece now. I guess what was, what was he accused of? The drummer in his band, Lena a, something, a boy or girl? Girl filed so, an amended complaint to a civil suit in San Diego, alleging Sean White had sexually harassed her, sending sexually explicit and graphic images to her. Text messages White later admitted to sending. Uh, February 2017, Sean White requested the Superior Court in San Diego require this woman to undergo a mental health evaluation. There, look, it looks like it's a little bit ugly, and this article basically says, why in the world aren't we talking about this? And I guess when they tried to get answers, they only... Sean White said, I'm only here to talk about the Olympics and not gossip. And then they did not call on any female reporters, and I guess that's why Christine Brennan fired this out. So, I mean, what... So he... I just... I mean... White sent if her you, images of genitalia, I figure, forced her yeah. to watch disturbing videos. I can figure what images he probably sent her. Looks if like there looks like uh, one involving well excrement and some other things like that. So this, I mean, it looks pretty bad. But these and are she's alleg- calling it incredibly disturbing. And yes, these it's are a complaint and it's allegations. And he denies it. Admitted to sending text messages she included in the lawsuit as exhibits. Then in his quote was, I guess, and when he stated this, many years ago I exchanged texts with a friend who is now using them to craft a bogus lawsuit. Absolutely no coincidence to the timing of her claims. We will defend them vigorously in court. Then he reached a settlement with her, so he went Kobe, I guess. Yeah, but so, okay, what is, like, if you want to be a Me Too reporter, then cover something other than sports. 
right? Like, I don't understand all these people out there who are like, okay, if you want everybody to, if you want to cover really serious things in life, then I think there is a hugely important role for you in the world of media. Go cover serious things in life, right? Like, I don't understand this idea if you are obsessed with the uh, with how you know like American geopolitical tensions in the immigration debate are impacting the larger universe, there's certainly people who write about that all the time. I think that there's certainly an opportunity for you to go do that. Do we really need it in the middle of an analysis of Chloe Kim's downhill slalom or whatever the heck she was doing or snowboarding? I just, it's like, it's trying so hard to be woke. And Christine Brennan is an idiot. I have destroyed this woman before for the stupid columns that she writes where she is seeking an opportunity to always say, oh my God, women are having it so hard. There's no way for them to make it in this business. Like, did she really go all the way to Korea to write about Sean White and an allegation in a lawsuit? I just, I, I'm like, whatever. Does anybody care? Like, I think that's her argument way- is everyone should care. She also just tweeted out, or maybe she tweeted out last I night. I can't see it because she blocked sent it to me. me. It says, as you cheer for at Sean White, consider these awful and graphic allegations of sexual harassment against him, including texts he admitted, hashtag me too. Yeah, I mean, he probably sent pictures of his penis to a girl that he was trying to sleep with. All right? I mean, is that, I don't know the relationship here, but... If sending pictures of your penis to a girl that you're trying to sleep with is like worthy of somebody traveling to Korea to write a story about, then my God, like 90% of our audience right now, people are listening to, are going to be, uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. I'm, I'm not in trouble. I'm too old. I was out of the penis taking picture and sending universe. But like, really, Christine Brennan? I mean, she's got an open invite to come on the show and tell us why we should all hate Sean White and everybody else. I mean, I've invited her on the show before when she's written her stupid column. How bad? How 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 painful was that to hear from Tony Kornheiser for you? Uh, I mean, that's pretty not, bad. It's pretty it's dumb. Not a, it's not a surprise. I mean, honestly, because no, everybody of not. because and, and here's the deal. I think that there is this idea that there's a demand for woke center, right? For people to just blatantly in the middle of their talking about this girl who won the gold medal to just make it political and turn it into an opportunity to talk about Donald Trump. But here's the deal. The market doesn't want that. If there were a market for woke center, then ESPN's ratings would be thriving instead of collapsing. Jamel Hill would be making $200 million a year. If you want serious things in your life, you can go watch the news. The news has got serious things on all day long. If you want sports, I would think, and I'm not an expert on this, but I would think you probably watch sports. And you don't necessarily want the two to be mixed all day long, every day. People say, oh, you talk about sports and politics on your show. Most of the time, when I talk about politics, it's to point out how stupid the people talking about politics are. Like, to ridicule the absurdity of trying so hard to write significant things in the world of sports. Look, sports is the toy chest of life. By and large, sports exists to distract us from serious things in life. 
And I don't need Tony Kornheiser in the middle of talking about a 17-year-old who won a Winter Olympic medal to make a strange comment about the wall. I mean, that might make some sense if Chloe Kim were a dreamer or if Chloe Kim's family had illegally come into the country from Latin America. But they immigrated from Korea by following existing American immigration law. And Danny G, you just told me she was born in California. So it's not even like she's an immigrant herself. She was born and raised here. I just think it's strange stuff. Anyway, Christine Brennan's an idiot. Not a surprise. She's going to be on her woke sports takes. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago as well. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We got contact with Britt McHenry. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. She said she's going to join us tomorrow. Is that correct, Justin? That is correct. So Britt McHenry will join us tomorrow, as will Brandon Wright of the Houston Rockets. That is all set in stone, so... Tune in tomorrow. Make sure you don't miss this. Um, Valentine's Day. Uh, I hope all of you are having a great Valentine's Day. I want to take your calls on this tomorrow in hour one. I want some of you to be willing to do this experiment with me. We were talking about Me Too in the modern era, and I'm all for equality. Again, I sit on the iron throne of inclusion. I am the king of tolerance. No one loves equality more than me. And so, when you are out with your girlfriend... Tonight, Valentine's Day. I want you to live it up. I want you to order drinks. I want you to order that new bottle of wine. I want you to have an incredible time at dinner. And then when the check comes, I want you to do something for me. I want you to look at the check and then look across the table at your girlfriend and say, got your credit card? Or maybe your debit card? Looks like we owe... $188. I will expect for you to pick up your half of this meal. And then I want you to see their reaction. This is a prank. I'm not asking you to actually make them pay for half of it. But I want you to also say, I just thought in this new era where women want to ensure that they're always treated equally, that I don't do anything to treat you unequally. And I thought since we both had a meal here tonight, and it's Valentine's Day, and since I'm a guy and you're a girl, or maybe you're a girl and you're a girl, and I'm a guy and you're a guy, whoever you're with, I just thought since we're completely equal partners in this relationship, that it would only make sense for us to completely share this bill. My contention for you is that most girlfriends are not going to react that well to that. And why will that be the case? Because women right now want all the benefits of equality and all the vestiges of inequality that benefit them. So I think we do a little experiment. How many women actually immediately say, okay, you're right, I should pay for half this meal? And how many of them immediately say, what? You're not paying? And then you can end up paying yourself. And I would like for you to catalog the reaction you get when you say, that is a complete believer in equality, you think that everybody should pay for everything. Now, if you really <laughs> if you really want to get, uh, want to really be entertaining, you could even do separate checks. 
like when the when the before you even get the bill, get separate checks, even if you end up paying for both of them and divide it up because the waiter won't even know what to do. How many waiters on Valentine's Day are assuming separate checks? Nobody will even ask. How do you think that will go? Do you think we'll get some good calls tomorrow morning for hour one? We like got a lot of great Valentine's Day, worst ever Valentine's Day calls in hour one and hour two. Thanks for everybody across the country who called in. Will we get good calls on this experiment? Will people actually be willing to try out this experiment for us as part of the OutKick equality experience? Do you think we'll get this? you think this will go well? Yeah, it might. Um, when you ask people to do stuff, there will at least be enough to fill a show full of calls. I'm sure that we'll try this. I hope that it goes well for those that do. And hopefully they will call. Don't call us with fake stories, though. Yeah, Call real us with stories. the real stuff. I, it's hard to know when people are telling the truth or not. Very we tough. want the real story of how things went on Valentine's Day when you tried to split the tickets evenly. Uh, thanks, to all, thanks to all of you. Go download the podcast. Millions of you are doing it. Biggest month ever in the month of January. Thanks for all the support of OutKick. I'll be live, as I always am, at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on OutKick the show. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us to all of you. Remember... It's time to be equal. Make sure that your Valentine's Day girlfriend pays for half of her meal and tell us about it tomorrow on Outkick, the coverage. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.